Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We're here to talk about our predictions for the Dallas game that has been moved, I think, only twice, but now is a Tuesday night spectacular instead of a Thursday night game, as we expected. And we want to say thank you for Jamie being very uh, flexible with us uh, and, and making it to the show today. Hey, welcome, guys. I'm happy to be here. So we wanted to ask you, how did you become a fan of the Cowboys? So I'm from the Niagara region, which is really close to Buffalo. And when I was a kid, the Bills were really, really good in the early 90s there. And they just destroyed everybody until they got to the Super Bowl four times and lost the Cowboys twice. And that's how I became a Cowboys fan, because I hated all the Bills fans. They were so obnoxious. <laughs> 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 Nothing like a spiteful, loyal fan. <laughs> man, oh man, that's quite a story. I won't tell my, uh, my in-laws <laughs> about that. <laughs> my, my in-laws are from the Buffalo region. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> nah, it's okay. My uh, my mother in law is actually a Colts fan because they they moved around a little bit for a while. So, and you got to watch a little Bills fans. You're crazy. Oh, yeah. Did you ever uh, jump off or uh, jump onto a folding table in your time? <laughs> <laughs> I have not, but uh, me and my friends have considered uh, taking a van to the games and just selling tables all day. Need to go in there. <laughs> I mean, that Bill's mock at two tables. They let them on fire. Like, these guys are crazy. Good time. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're insane. <laughs> Very nice. Absolutely insane. So, I guess just to get started with the Cowboys, how's your season going, so to speak? I know that you guys lost Dak, and that probably really put the wind out of your sails. How's everything so far? Uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a pretty big disaster this year. It started off, our defense was doing pretty horrible, and uh, Dak was just. He's pulling off miracles, and thankfully um, Atlanta doesn't know how to win games, and they fail on onside kicks. We somehow snuck out a bunch of wins early, but then with Dak going down, we, our offense just couldn't keep up that uh, defense. It's been pretty bad. So at this point, I'm just kind of hoping we get a top five draft pick, to be honest. kind of want to lose a lot of games. It's, uh, we've had a lot, a lot of trouble everywhere across the team. It's been uh, something of a very good year, to say the least. But at least we haven't been here with COVID like the Ravens have. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. <This> true. <laughs> yeah, that was a really bad thing. Then we had Dalton come in. He was there for, what, half a game game? And he uh, he got put out. Then we had the... Um, I stopped learning guys to accept that because it changed every game. We had the Italian fellow come in. Danucci, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Danucci. And then we had uh, Gilbert come in. And they, they just kind of stringing along for a few games. It was, uh, it's been a disaster. You guys are going to be facing Dalton, so that's what we should probably talk about. He is assumingly one of the best backups in the league, right? He started, he, uh, he was the starting quarterback for the Bengals for, what, eight years or something? Yeah. So he's, he's one of the most veteran ones, one of the higher paid ones next to Tyson Hill for some reason. <laughs> and, um, but he's not a guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl. He's not going to win it. So um, he's there as a patchwork for, you know, four to six games at most. If Dak goes down and comes back, he's not designed for this offense. So we're not going to be able to win a lot of games with that. Um, he, do, he does have his moments where he starts to look really good, but then he'll just throw a few air and passes, uh, or just misses wide open guys, or he'll throw him and he'll hit a guy right in the He'll hit a defender right in the numbers sometimes, and thankfully they drop them sometimes. I don't know how good your guy's secondary is. Maybe you can fill me in on that a little bit. How does your secondary generally run? That won't be good for them. 
because our secondary is probably one of the best in the league. Granted, we're starting to have a little bit of injury concerns, so that was one of the things we wanted to talk about with you, but our starting four are probably the best starting four in the league, in, in at least my opinion. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a really good um, matchup on the receivers there because we have one of the best receiving cores in the league, in my opinion. At least the youngest best one between, you know, you know the names, Cooper, Gallup, and um, C.D. Lamb. <laughs> Love that guy. Um, and D- Dalton Schultz has been just a great surprise with Blake Jarwin going down early. And he's, he's a target hog out of the, sl- out of the slot there. Um, I don't know who you guys got as your uh, coverage linebacker, but you can see him eat there across the middle a lot. I'd be, uh, I'd be careful about him. And then whoever your third corner is, that's going to be the guy that we're going to pick on because he's going to be matched up against CD or Gallup. And um, the one thing that our Dalton did really well last game is he started feeding um, Amari Cooper a lot more. And, you know, we got Amari Cooper in the prime. He, he's just destroying corners left and right. So we could see a lot of action in him as well. I actually want to take a step back for a minute, Jamie. Um, we were talking a little bit about Dalton. One of the things that kind of surprised me, at least on paper, at least kind of how I think about it, because, you know, we've we've seen Dalton for a number of years, is that, you know, one of the trademarks, I think, of like the Bengals teams is that, generally speaking, I thought they always had pretty good wide receivers, generally gave the Ravens fits a lot, particularly A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd a little bit as well. But they would always have a really good receiving core. They'd have some decent running backs, maybe not the best in the league, but good running backs. But they where they'd really be weaker, they'd be weaker on the O-line and then weaker on the defense. To me, it kind of feels like the situation in Dallas now is like pretty similar, at least on paper. And so I guess given all that, like I guess what's the what's the main thing that you look at when you say that like Dalton isn't a fit for the offense? Like what's, what's particularly like, is he not doing that? You know, Dak would do very well. Well, to, to talk to that, I need to talk to the, uh, the O-line a little bit more. You just said it. You think we have one of the be- the better O-lines in the league that maybe so. So I think we do have one of the better O-lines on paper, but we are crushed by injuries. This year has destroyed us. We've lost Martin. Um, we lost Irving last game. We've lost Collins. We've lost everybody. We haven't had, we've only had the same starting configuration on our O-line for two games. And we've had 14 different combinations up front there. So we have changed our O-line a lot. It's, and it's like, it's just, you can't, the pass rush is getting through. So Dalton can't, escape and make plays like Dak could like Dak has that magician thing where, you know, you see a, a defender practically draped over him. And next thing he's 10 yards out of the pocket and throwing a 40 yard bomb down fields Cooper. Um, so that's where it's going to be. The biggest challenge of this game for our team is going to be standing up on that O line. Cause we just have so much injuries. There's second string guys starting out there. Third string starting guys out there. It's, I mean, if you want, you could probably go get a job right now in the old line there. That's that's not a great start for us. <laughs> I mean, they called me up three weeks ago, but I, you know, I broke my foot, so I couldn't go. <laughs> sure, I might not have a bad idea. I'm actually six five, so I might not have a. I might get a call back. I don't know. <laughs> well, there you go. Good bench up. But how long are your arms? 
How long are my arms? Uh, I don't know. They're fairly long. How much can I bench? Not that much. Oh, man. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your receiving core because I know that you mentioned, obviously, the big three. And I guess the biggest disappointment, maybe, uh, and maybe it's just from a fancy perspective, is Gallup. Do you feel like he has regressed at all? Or is it just because there's so many mouths to feed and you lost Dak, like you're not getting those opportunities? Um. He's still doing good, but he's doing what he always was. When we drafted him, I expected he was to be uh, he was a number two wide receiver. Last year, we leaned on him more because Cooper was banged up throughout the year. Um, he's still doing his thing, but now they have CD Lamb, so he's it's just being spread out more. And especially since the offense has not been explosive without Dak there, it's definitely been a kind of a step back from. He's still doing his job. But he's not a guy you're going to see tear you up every week because we have so many weapons. If he's getting the tighter coverage, they're just not going to throw it to him. They're going to wait till CD gets open or Schultz or Cooper because he, he's, he's a wide receiver too at best. He's just not that guy. That makes sense. So I guess uh, the last question, uh, maybe the elephant in the room for people when it comes to the offense is, what are your thoughts on Zeke this year? Has he lost a step, or is it really just that offensive line? So the whole Zeke thing is a little sensitive subject for me because I never really thought we should have drafted him in the first place. I think we should have took Ramsey instead, and I definitely don't think we should have given that big contract as I'm in a firm camp of running backs shouldn't be paid. Really, O-line to make running backs more so. A few exceptions, but yeah. Um, he's having a lot of hard time with that line. It's, it's tough, but He's he's a running back. That's the problem. Like you're a running back, you can't you can only do so much, right? If you if they're if they're stacking the box, they're bringing the pressure. Even Saquon, look at him; he's one of the best running backs I've seen. And in the Giants with a terrible line, he would do nothing, 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 and then a big play. You know, he's banged up a little bit. He's still probably one of the best running backs in the league. But the problem is, you know, the threat of the pass isn't as much. The O line is banged up; it's not making the holes. And uh, at the start of the season, they were trying to be cute with it. And now I think they were getting better. They were running a lot behind um, Smith or, or Martin. And uh, but now he's injured too. So <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be it, you need you need holes to run through, right? Yeah, I mean definitely. I've talked about that on the show before too. I mean, I had concerns about us even using a high draft pick on Dobbins. I've kind of eaten those words a little bit this year, but you know, the running back position is a difficult one to pay. I honestly do think that it's a rental and a lot of, you know, savvy GMs do that, right? You get the rookie, they do really well. And then somebody else's problem because unfortunately the wheels almost always come off of that second contract and, and in a pretty stark way. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you have. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's a key example. He was killing in Pittsburgh, good team, good offense, went to the Jets and, no line, no offense. He couldn't do much. Just got hurt all the time. Same thing. You, you need to pay your own line. And um, that's what you got to do. That's pretty much it. We'll probably come out, try to get some stuff to the outside, just try to make space for them. That's probably something we're going to try to see a little bit of because, again, we have the injuries. It's, it's hard to go power. They may come heavy sets up with extra blockers, but I don't know. They're probably going to come three wide at you guys more often. Probably see a lot of bunch sets. So you mentioned uh, questionable coaching calls. Do you want to get into that? Yeah. So we got our new coach this year, uh, Mike McCarthy. I'm sure you've all heard of him before. Yep. <laughs> and had a few, few games against him. Mm-hmm. 
he has made some really weird calls. It's, I feel like it almost feels like he's trying to understand probability and the statistics that everybody talks about, but he doesn't quite get it. Like last week we had a fourth and six down and on our own like 30, I think it was. And he ran this weird double that double reverse, like outside sweeping run. And it just, it just, the guy had to go 16 yards by the time he got the ball. And there's no way you're running 16 yards on fourth down. And it's like, why, why are you trying to move the game is in contention? He's just doing some weird, really weird calls like that. And he, he started off the season really vanilla. Um, that could be the COVID that happened. It. Um, we need to get more, you know, motion, get some, get some good looks out there. Let Dalton see the field a bit, you know, get Zeke in space, get, get CD lamb in space. You, you can't just be running into the, the coverage all the time. That's kind of something funny for him. I don't think we should have hired him in the first place again, but hey, that's not my call. Yeah. That was going to be my next question is, <laughs> would you give him another year to turn it around or, or have you kind of seen enough? I, I won't. Absolutely, but I'm pretty sure Jerry's going to. He kept Garrett around for, what, seven years too long? <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. We can't all be blessed with good care coaches. It's hard to find. It really is. And um, I wonder if, in a way, it's hard because of the rosters that you are sometimes given, right? But I don't know. I would. I think I am much more... I will gladly lose as an organization searching for how to win rather than being middling for years. I have no interest in being middling. Um, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of good NFL teams get caught in that. Good franchises get caught like trying to chase being excellent, and they're never going to get there with either their coach or their quarterback or what have you. And I think it's sometimes worth just going bankrupt in order to rebuild because it's not, it's not beneficial in the NFL to be a middle team. You either have to be one of the best or one of the worst uh, to improve. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'd rather see us completely misstep and fall apart than hire the don't hire the safe guy that's going to get you eight wins every year. You need you need to to do something different. We've been middle draft picks for years um, until Roma got hurt. That's how we got Zeke. Now that gets hurt, we make it somebody else. Hopefully, some defense help. I will say. You were talking about it. I honestly think as you become a more like mature football watcher is when you start getting excited about like offensive line draft picks. I remember when I was younger, I'd see us draft the offensive line and be like, boo hoo, right? Like that's not, that's no fun. And then now it's like they draft offensive linemen. I'm like, oh yeah, like that creates, like gives you the opportunity to make passes down the field. It gives you the opportunity for your running backs to find room and run. Like (laughs) that's all I want now, right? Like I just want really solid line play. Uh, and the rest can come. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um, O line is should always be taken first, second round. If you if you see somebody there worth taking, you should be grabbing them. Corners also should be an edge rusher. Those should be your first three round picks. They are your big difference makers. Stop the pass, start the pass. That's what you need to do. I would take O line every year. Like I remember, yeah, when the Cowboys first took start taking O line in the first round, I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, look at this receiver that's there. He's amazing. Oh, he's so good. And then we had the best O line in the league, and we had you behind the O line running for six yards to carry. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh. And then we had, then we got Zeke. I'm like, we don't need Zeke. <laughs> Anybody's getting six yards, <laughs> right? 
We could, we could have put the punter back there. <laughs> what was that four or five years ago? It was, uh, it was ridiculous. They were lined up, it was six and a half yards before contact. That's wild. So I guess with that, let's uh, transition over to the defense. I think uh, you know we all saw what happened on Thanksgiving. You know, we saw that uh, fourth down play that wasn't great, and we saw just uh, Antonio Gibson have the best game of his young career against your team. What is going on with your defense? I know that they've been kind of one of the targets um, for a lot of offenses to really shine on. Is that because of a lack of skill, injuries, play calling? Our defense has been largely ignored for um, years. <laughs> we didn't really draft much of it. Like I said earlier, um, when we took Zeke, we should have been taking Ramsey there. We needed defense help. We didn't need a running back. And they continued to do that. Um, this draft, though, we did make a switch, though. Uh, rather than C.D. Lamb, who I still like, Every single pick we took after that, or nearly every single pick, was defensive. So we went pretty heavy defense on there. We got um, Diggs, who um, everybody knows his brother. And he's been playing pretty well. He's a rookie, so he's not burned deep a few times. He's starting to look a little better. So I think he can pick it up on the cornerback position there. We also were really having, um, we found a few players to start the year. The defense started off really rough at the season. Once we got all the Smith back, we got started getting some pressure on the quarterbacks. Our D-line started looking better. Our linebackers are, are pretty solid across the most part. It's just our corners and secondaries that are generally our weaker spots, I find. Um, we need help there. We need help with safety. We need help that corner. We got digs. Hopefully that helps get a little better. It's a work in progress. It's going to take a few years before that uh, defense starts to mature and get better. Hopefully next year with Dak back, it be a a good unit and our offense combined can give some playoff hopes. They come out in the, uh, their base set too a lot, which is because they have really strong linebackers and blitz off either side. It's not good. It makes me cry. <laughs> I'm trying to see what year you guys are going to play the bills. It was last year. So we won't play them again ah. for another three years. I was going to go and see him. It's in, it was in Dallas last year. So it's here in three years. So I get to go see my team every eight years. Right. I feel like uh, it'd be fun if Diggs is still around up there and him go against his brother. It would be a, a hilarious thing. I don't know if that's ever happened in the NFL before. I don't Definitely know why receiver corner, but it has happened in other positions. Yeah, I know other positions. I'm, I meant more so like <laughs> I'm physically covering you. <laughs> you know? Oh, sure. You know, sure, like yeah. wide receiver versus yeah. corner. It, would, it could happen. I mean, three years away, uh, Diggs, Diggs isn't that old. Yeah, no. I, I how, think, old is, how old is Stephen Diggs? I think he's only like 28 or so. I I think he was playing when I was in college. <laughs> you know, age, right? <laughs> yeah, he's 27. He's a year younger than me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, he could. He could. In three years, he, he'd be on the end of his career. But in that case, I think uh, Trevon would lock him down. <laughs> <laughs> he's He'll be a sending player at that point, yeah. Yeah, he'll be he'll be twenty twenty five. He just reached his peak there. Diggs will know every trick in the book. It'd be fun fun to watch. I would definitely watch that all day. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. I guess uh, we didn't really talk about it in our previous episode, and I kind of think it was a miss. But we had a really makeshift offensive line last game, but we were able to see them succeed against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is pretty impressive. Uh, particularly the interior line, we had a backup center and a backup right guard. Um, this game, it does look like 
will be elevating Skura Mikari back to maybe the starting lineup and kind of put the natural people back in their spots. Uh, we also have another guy who was coming off injury who was the previous right guard before he got hurt, but he wasn't, he was a rookie, so he wasn't playing in fantastic. Hard to say what's going to happen there. So our offensive line might be starting to come back together. Do you think your defensive line will be able to take advantage of our offensive line, particularly that they haven't played together in a while? You're going to have the most success running up the gut against us. Our interior, the interior of our line, the weaker part of it, our edge rusher, uh, Lawrence, is, is great. Uh, our edge rushers are better. They will stop you from running the corner store as much. It's, they'll hopefully, if he, he plays, is Lamar going to be able to play? I don't know this. It it looks like he's going to be eligible, but it's he's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird situation. I mean, to be honest with you, they didn't bring up Dobbins or Ingram even though they were eligible the day before or the day of that said, they're not Lamar Jackson, right? Like we had Gus Edwards. We had justice Hill. We knew that they could carry the offense and not be a huge step down. But after seeing RG three play and trace McSorley, it's like, yeah, please give us Lamar back. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if he hasn't practiced. Like, <laughs> please. <laughs> I think he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, for our D line, again, our edge guys are pretty good. The two D tackles are—they're not as great. They're gonna—they're gonna get pushed around up front. There, it's really going to be our linebackers that are gonna have to step up on this game. Um, Van Der Esch had a few missed tackles last game that were not great. Him and Jalen Smith are gonna have to really step up on the the run defense to slow you guys down. And we're just gonna have to try to keep uh, Lamar or contained if he plays. I don't know, but um, keeping him contained and in the pocket. I think our key to beating you guys will be to um, just contain the run and make Lamar throw it. Even though our secondary is terrible, but I've, I, I don't know what's going on with Lamar this year. He just he doesn't seem as accurate as he did last year. Last year, he's, he was hitting Marquise Brown downfield a lot. And I, I've watched a few Ravens games, and it seems like he just isn't as consistent with his deep balls, even his medium balls. Um, you guys can speak to, to that a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, what's going on with Lamar there? He's just a trance last year or what? Yeah, I just think a ton of you know, ton of different things, right? I mean, I, I think last year was kind of like we had like the the perfect thing of like new offense, everybody healthy, kind of like continuing success and like confidence and execution, and it just sort of like all came together for that run, and then fizzled out against the Titans and then this year it's like okay we had some injuries and now we have some uncertainty on the O-line and we have some weapons that we expected to step up year two that haven't stepped up and like it's just Lamar is also like regressed a tiny bit but it's just like a bunch of like little things that just had everything everything went right last year but then this year it's just like it's all kind of like falling off there's still a lot of potential there we're still kind of waiting for everything to come together but it's still up in the air I actually haven't had this moment of clarity, but I've kind of alluded to it, is that I honestly feel like our offense this year has been the Titans playoff game on repeat. There were plenty of times during the Titans game that our offense looked pretty good. There was also plenty of times they looked terrible. And that's kind of our whole year this year. That game was like almost a a prelude to what came this year as far as just inconsistency. Chris did a good job summarizing. Um, I wouldn't really say Lamar's worse this year he just played out of his mind last year 
And he also had a much healthier team around him, which is undervalued. Speaking of which, it seems like, you know, one of his favorite targets, Mark Andrews, will not be eligible uh, to play because he came down with COVID later in the week. So he'll be going win without one of his top targets. Um, and we already had a season-ending injury to Nick Boyle, our other tight end. And um, Ricard will be back. Uh, I don't expect him to play in a tight end role, though. He's still much more of a fullback. So, yeah, it's it's been a different team for Lamar to work with this year, for sure. And although we thought we added offensive pieces to really make up for some of the changes, like the retiring of a all-pro in Marshall Yanda at guard, it hasn't been quite the same. We, and we've had injuries too, like our our all pro left tackles out for the year, stuff like that. It's, it's tough when your team gets injured. Yeah, so your receivers are what Marquise Brown, your speed guy, little guy, whatever. He's going to run fast. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to get he's going to get open at some point for sure. And it's a question of Lamar is going to hit him or not. Then you have Boykin, who's your uh, your big body receiver. Yep. And uh, now we the one receiver we didn't talk about. We definitely should be talking about here is the return. Um, the X Factor, Des Bryant, returning to Dallas. His first game play, I believe, against Dallas since leaving Dallas. <laughs> How's he doing? Uh, he's old and slow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, hasn't hasn't done much for us, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, I'm hoping he's, that maybe he turns it around this week, but we'll see. You know, if he if he comes in and like really, you know, plays a huge game, like that'd be cool right from the narrative but uh my honest opinion is he's sucking up snaps from a bunch of young receivers that we want to see more of and i don't like that i'd rather see boykin in i'd rather see duvernay i'd rather see proche i'd rather see sneed you know when he's back from the covid list i mean i don't know i mean you would love to see him come in and, and be this guy but like he's right up there with alshon jeffrey in my opinion they're like skeletons of their old selves they have no business being on the football field. And it's sad, but it's true. It happens. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame, but it'd be cool to see him throw the X up there one time. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're going to try. If we get in the red zone, I assure you, they will try. <laughs> throw them a fade to the back, see what happens. Yeah. Um, that actually brings me to my next question. I'm just asking you guys questions now. I'm the host. <laughs> What's going on with the, your running back? You got Ingram out there. He looks like the worst of the bunch. He started off heavy. He's kind of like getting less attention now. Um, Dobbins, I love. He looks amazing. And Gus the Bus has just been way better than I expected, to be honest. Chris, do you want to take it? I go on Dobbins diatribes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I can. I mean, you can You can follow up. Um, honestly, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's too many riches. I don't think Ingram has been bad, per se, but Dobbins and Gus have just been so much better, you know? We've been clamoring for snaps for Dobbins for a while. Uh, the first game he played against the Steelers was phenomenal. One of his best games of the year. When Gus has had extended action, he's also played very well. But Ingram, it's like, you're throwing him in there and like throw him in for like five to eight snaps a game. And it's just like no, not enough to get into a rhythm. But then it also takes away from the other guys. But when you give them extended action, like they do better. It's just, it's really been a sort of strange thing. And week to week, we're kind of just asking ourselves the same question of like, how would anybody think that a three running back offense is actually going to work? It just doesn't. We haven't, we haven't figured out like what the snap count is supposed to look like for all of them to be successful. It just, it has not worked. And as Peter's pointed out too, in a way, it's a four running back offense because Lamar will do keepers, you know, in the option. 
you'll see these ridiculous game books where they all have 20 to 30 snaps, but the opportunity is such that like the actual touches that they have is all around like six to eight. Right. And then we saw Ingram get hurt. And I don't think it's a coincidence that suddenly Gus and JK had their best games. They started to get a little bit more into a rhythm and it was just last game, you know, before the Steelers game that they just basically completely after the first quarter switched over to almost a full Dobbin show and the guy was just killing it. And yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been clamoring for it all year. Dobbins was the guy I took like every single six round in all my fantasy drafts because I was convinced that he would take over the offense and it's just taking way longer. We're in the last week of the fantasy uh, regular season and it hasn't truly happened. You couldn't call it right. You probably missed the games that he played well in, but yeah, I mean, he, he looks great. And like I said, I kind of ate some crow there when I was a little concerned about using high draft capital on him, but our team is in such a state where we had so many solid players in so many places, we were able to have the luxury of being like, okay, we're going to take the best running back in the, in the class, at least as far as they're concerned. The Ravens saw he was the best running back in the class. We're going to take him and we're going to have this guy for many years during like, you know, the key part of Lamar's contract, right? Where you want to like a cheap running back and you want uh, to have that opportunity, the window we keep talking about. So yeah, I, I think that's why they did it. And he looks awesome. I mean, his his balance is incredible. I, I honestly haven't seen a back with that kind of balance for a very, very long time. Not just at the Ravens, but in general. Like, I think he has incredible balance, good vision. And a lot of people were talking about Justice Hill, our third guy last game who filled in and had some pretty big plays, a lot of effort. And while he has some juice and he has some speed, I think the biggest thing I saw from him is he had to gather himself more. When Dobbins wants to go, he is a cannon. Whereas, like, it took like an extra step, maybe half step, so to speak, for Hill to really get to that speed. He didn't. He wasn't as sudden as Dobbins is. So I think that's that's why they drafted Dobbins, right? Like Hill, I don't think is a bad player. And I think next year, you know, you have if you want to do a three running back thing with with Hill and uh, Gus and, and Dobbins, like that could be cool. But uh, I honestly think it might be actually more so Hill and J.K. because. Edwards will also be a free agent. Yeah, he's a restricted free agent next year. Restricted free agent, and it's the Ingram contract is such that cutting him next year is is easy and pretty obvious. Like it is structured that way. It looks like people were talking about it when he signed the contract, and now with the play, it's like, yeah, they're going to cut him next year, and it's going to be super sad because he's a he's a leader of the team. He's definitely a leader in the locker room. Everyone loves him. We like him a lot, but it's a young man's game, particularly in the running back position. Yeah. Absolutely. You see a few teams doing that three-headed backfield, too. I think uh, the Rams are doing it, too, and it's a similar thing. It works better when there's two. Yeah, we've seen more offenses go towards the split backfield, and I think it's a good idea in general to have a split backfield. You don't really want that bell cow anymore, but this triple split, or in our case, a quad split, if you consider Lamar and all his touches, it's not good. They don't get that momentum. Yeah, that's fair. Yes, we got off topic there. <laughs> that's fine. We do that. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the defense? Mainly, our secondary just needs help. I mean, if you if you look at our secondary, who they are, they're they're mostly sixth round, seventh round pick guys. It's it's just something that our team needs to address. There's just there's just no talent there. Um, other than Diggs is our only kind of big name up there now. So that's kind of where I hope our team goes in the future. You might be surprised, but our uh, two safeties are six round picks, but I, I understand what you're saying. Like that's not typical. We, uh, we got lucky, right? That our, um, 
that we were able to pull that off because we actually, similar to you, is we actually spent high draft picks on our defense, particularly our safeties, and they were all busts for years. Second, third round picks, yeah. they all were busts. First round picks, actually, even. So yeah. we had a hard time filling that for a long time, and then we got lucky in a way and found some six rounders who did really well. So um, they're, yeah. they're really holding down the fort. And then with um, Marlon Humphrey, who might be one of the best corners in the league, and then uh, trading us last year for Marcus Peters and having Jimmy Smith, who's been with us you know, since he was drafted, uh, that's a really good combination of corners. We're worried that Jimmy won't be able to play this game because he had a groin injury that uh, was re-aggravated against the Steelers. Um, that would be a big loss and, and demand that either uh, Traymond Williams or Harris step up as our slot corner. Uh, actually, not to be fair, they won't be the slot corner. They'll move Marlon Humphrey into the slot and then they'll have another outside corner. So it would be like CD probably or Amari Cooper that get the opportunity, not necessarily Gallup. Okay, yeah. And and that's that's where we're going to have to look to win on that third corner matchup. Yeah, it's going to be Cooper or CD. Probably CD. Cooper is definitely the better receiver at this point. It's not close. You know, I really like the way he's looking for a rookie. Looks amazing. Oh, I remember him in college and just being like, that guy can play. I understood why he was number one on many people's boards as far as wide receivers went this year. And there's been several really good oh, ones, yeah. but he's he's special. I mean, this entire draft class is just loaded with wide receivers. They they all have looked great. I think everybody at Rager has looked the best. It's amazing so far. All right, let's uh, hop into our bowl predictions and score predictions. We usually like to give the guest uh, first dibs. My bowl prediction will be, despite the fact that I don't want us to, we will win this game. Oh, <laughs> because that is what our team did. We beat Minnesota. I don't know why. I am going to go with the boldest prediction that we are going to show up. Our defense is going to show up with heart. Um, you guys, Andrews is a huge target for you guys. So I think that's actually going to, that's going to hurt a lot on moving the chains. Uh, not having him. It's going to be some stupid score, like 18 to uh, 24 or something silly. It's going to be a bit of a broken play. <laughs> Man, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, usually, uh, you know, I respect, understand why you want to win, but man, we need this win really bad. So I'm not going to go in that direction. I, I mean, I want you to win. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> and what's that draft pick? <laughs> <laughs> who yeah. I mean, if you, who cares that you still are technically able to win the uh, the East? They're terrible. Like, you don't want to be a part of that. Well, that's the worst thing is whoever wins this division is the true loser because all three teams now are looking at a chance at the top five pick, or all four teams, and whoever wins the division is getting picked twenty. So you, you and you're not going to win a playoff game. And if you win one, but you're not going to win two. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean they're all actively trying to lose at this point. You're right. Like <laughs> a win is a bad idea. I mean, I do, I do have a wild theory. Is this is why we're getting some of those really bizarre play calls where we're going for it on fourth and down when the game's close and we might win it. And then you just see this really bad call. I'm thinking maybe McCarthy's smart. I'm hoping he's smarter than I think. And he's trying to lose these games on purpose. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's a one-score game. Fourth and uh, six on our 30. Yeah, we're going to go for this. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's a Galaxy Brain move right there. I like it. Yeah. I mean, if we can get top three and get two, well, that'd be amazing. But I highly doubt that happens. Honestly, like... 
I have no, I have no idea who's going to come back when and how many days of practice anybody's going to get. So I really don't feel like a bull prediction on Ravens offense is really that achievable because I, I just really don't know what to expect. But I will say that some of the linebackers that played against the Steelers, I, they will be there. They'll be able to practice the whole time. I feel better about some, some of those guys to be able to step up. I want to say that the Ravens might finish with uh, at least four sacks. Um, I'm liking Ngakwe, uh, Bowser, and and Ferguson. I mean, all of those guys played against the Steelers. Um, I'm not going to say that anybody gets a particular sack in particular, but I'm just going to say the Ravens finish with four sacks. As far as score prediction, again, this one's kind of up in the air because, again, I don't know who's going to play. Um, I'm not going to say that it's a blowout because the Ravens have just, you know, they're on a three-game skid. But like you said, Alec, they really need this game. Honestly, I think they need to win out, uh, if I'm being honest, if they want a shot at the playoffs. Um, if they want to be considered a contender, I think they need to win out. I'm going to say that the Ravens win this I'll say 27-21. A lot of touchdowns for us. For us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what you mean, Chris. Trying to look at who's coming back, when they'll be able to start practicing, all that good stuff. I think for me, I think the sack is a good angle. I'll go on the offensive side of the ball. I, I'm going to go for a fourth time on a Hollywood-related pick. Uh, this time doubling down on last week's pick yet again. I'm, I'm going to just will it into existence, guys. <laughs> like I'm going to just keep talking about it until it happens. I think he's going to have a seven-catch game, particularly with Diggs out. He'll be able to pick on the secondary, and I'll will it into existence. The more I talk about it, the more likely it is to happen for Hollywood to fully transcend it into his name again. And uh, he's, he, he's Holly Keese right now. <laughs> it's a mixture of he's trying to break out <laughs> into Hollywood again. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's a reasonable. If I had to pick a, a backup, you know, bold prediction, if I had to pick a, a different one because I'm just picking too much of the same thing, I would say that uh, we definitely see the Dobbins show again. He has reclaimed his uh, lead back role in this offense and has a hundred yard game, which I think for this offense, given how they like spread the ball around, like a hundred yards is kind of the high watermark for a running back. As for score prediction, I'm going to go ahead and say that our defense, the way they played last week against the Steelers and they had many men down, I think they're able to continue that and generate that kind of success, particularly against Dalton. They know him well. I'll say we are able to shut them down pretty handily. They only score 10 points whilst the Ravens score 31. We got to get that dub. That's bold. <laughs> that is pretty bold. I don't know if it- I guess I didn't do a bold for a player i just did the score selection didn't i well i mean yeah we usually do that but like honestly i don't know what the line is right now but you guys winning is decently bold <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is how good are you guys at covering tight ends in the slot uh we have pretty good coverage linebackers um i know you mentioned this earlier sorry we didn't pick up on it um so judon i believe Ooh, is he gonna be eligible no judon's judon's not gonna be eligible. yeah judon won't be eligible he's definitely our best um coverage linebacker but tyus bowser is trying to do his best impression i think he does a pretty good job as well so we'll definitely see tyus bowser try and uh cover and i think he'll do a good job 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, a lot of people are saying that Tyus Bowser is like a great target for the Ravens to resign and let Judon walk. He's currently on our franchise tag um, because he's really mm-hmm. kind of stepped up this year. I mean, he's not quite the same sack generator, but he's really good at coverage and is not bad putting, you know, his hand in the ground and, and rushing. So, all right, I, I got my bold prediction then. Okay. Um, my bold prediction for the week will be that Andy Dalton continues to feed. Amari Cooper, and he goes off against your solid defense again. He puts up 120 plus yards and a TD on at least 10 targets. <laughs> Probably more. Oh, you don't. <laughs> you go with the trifecta. Yes, have all three. <laughs> Depends what the payout on that bet is. <laughs> well, we don't pay out on these. It's all for fun. <laughs> Bragging rights. I'll take it. Yeah, the line right now in the Ravens game is... Oh, they actually... This website, at least, doesn't have a line yet. Interesting. Probably because they don't know about the eligibility of the COVID players. Yeah. I know when they told that game, they told, they did pull the line earlier on the uh, Ravens-Steelers game, too. I'd say the line's probably going to be about 10 points-ish, maybe a little more. That's what I thought. It's got to be heavy paper. I found the odds on the website is seven and a half on one website here, but I don't know how good this website is. Well, that's something. I think a lot of line makers are a little hesitant, like you mentioned. So, seven and a half point line. I think the Ravens can cover that, obviously. Um, and I think that sounds that sounds about right for what we've seen, and even with who's missing, it sounds about right. Well, thanks so much, Jamie, for joining us today, and uh, you know, best of luck to your team and and all that. But I do hope we win. <laughs> all right, nice talking to you guys. Have a good weekend. Go Cowboys. That'll wrap up another episode of Ravens Recap. Unfortunately, uh, Peter, we didn't really talk about it, but he had to step out for this episode. But we'll uh, make sure to tweet out his predictions and whatnot. Make sure to follow us, Ravens underscore recap on Twitter, and uh, reach out and tell a friend about the show. We'd really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week, hopefully after a big Ravens win. 